0: Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Yeah, I love to get new stuff, new information, and, and, and I stumbled across, you know, I did a search and I stumbled across this book, you know, from, I read books on my iPad, and I stumbled across this book of Christmas sermons by Charles Spurgeon. Oh, it was, I felt like I fell into a glory hole. It was unbelievable. I've been reading these sermons now for the last couple of weeks. And um, one of his, one of his favorite, he always talks about these. I guess the Christmas celebration is always a little bit different in different cultures, different countries. And back in, go back to London in 1865. And their culture would be different from ours. And the big deal for Christmas was the Christmas meal it was a big banquet. And all the family would come over. You know, think of the Christmas carol, the Scrooge and Tiny Tim and the whole family coming over to have the, the roasted goose at the house. Maybe you haven't had a roasted goose lately. You're gonna, maybe you can to have a goose tonight. It's part of this feast. But this is, um, hey, he, this, this Christmas feast that, um, I'm gonna give you a short quote in just a minute from Spurgeon's sermon that, um, Isaiah 25, 6, he talks about this, this 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 celebration this this dinner that's being prepared this unprecedented meal that's being prepared for you at your father's house Isaiah twenty five six it says the Lord of armies will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain the mountain of the Lord a banquet of aged wine choice pieces with marrow refined Aged wine. So it's not just normal, cheap stuff. This is the good stuff that's been saved for a long time for this very special, special occasion. I recently saw some late night Christmas party people stumbling down the street with their jingle bells and adult beverages. I was struck with the thought, what exactly are they celebrating? Is it the birth of Christ? The disturbing thing is that this true celebration is reserved for those who know him. Do you know him? I mean, do you do you really know him? If so, the celebration is starting on the inside of you. The Lord has come and brought us out of darkness into his light. He's provided a true Christmas feast or celebration for those who have eyes to see. This is a paragraph from Spurgeon's sermon about his gospel feast. We have nearly arrived at the great merrymaking season of the year. On Christmas Day, we shall find all the world in England enjoying themselves with all the good cheer which they can afford. Servants of God... You have, who have the largest share in the person of Him who is born at Bethlehem, I invite you to the best of all Christmas fare. To nobler food that makes the table groan, bread from heaven. Food for your spirits. Behold how great and how abundant are the provisions which God has made for the high festival which He would have His servants keep. Not now and then, but all the days of their life. There's a table prepared for you every day of your life. Every day. It's yeah, special occasions, yeah, but but he he provides every day. The king's house, the king's table is never empty. If you want to get blown away, go find, go search it out in the scriptures and find the daily supply for King Solomon's table. It was unthinkable, the provision for his house. God provided a table for you. Now, here's a little bit of a a, a precursor of this. So let's pause for a moment and review the menu for this magnificent Christmas celebration. We'll start with the drinks. He served for us the best wine of all. It's the drink of his precious blood. It's where it all starts. Without the blood of Jesus, there is no celebration. This is the new wine of the new covenant. We drink his blood and we're filled with the intoxicating effect of his cleansing blood that washes away all our sins. Though we were we were enemies of God. Now our sins have been washed away and we've been made whiter than snow. Our conscience has been cleansed and we've been brought into the house of God. This is where our feast must start. Though we were all stained from our sinful lives, he's washed us and made us whiter than snow. The next drink is the, is the greatest spritzer of all, the living water of the spirits. This water is not, you know, if you go to a fancy restaurant, they ask you if you want still or you want sparkling. Well, we'll take the sparkling water tonight. The living water, not the, not the flat water. We want the stuff with, with bubbles in it, right? Living water. <laughs> Next on the menu is the bread of life. Christ is the bread of heaven. He's our daily staple. We eat this bread and it nourishes our soul. It causes us to lose our taste for the foolish pleasures of this world. Next on our menu is the main course, the Lamb of God. Christ himself is our food. Just as the children of Israel ate the Passover lamb the night before their journey, we feast on the lamb every day. He is the very strength of our lives. We finish our gospel feast, of course, with more wine. The new wine of the Holy Spirit. The world drinks a poor substitute, the intoxicating fruit of their vine. We drink the new wine of the Holy Spirit. The more we drink, the greater the celebration. Christ becomes more dear to us, and our hearts are overflowing with his Christmas joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Hallelujah. So we're going to go a little bit more into this menu tonight. First, we talked about this already, but the pre-dinner beverages. The new wine of the Holy Spirit. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost in the skins as well. But one puts new wine into the fresh wine skins. This is our, as Jonathan Edwards used to say, this is our our pre-dinner libation. A libation, if you don't know what that is, it's a highly intoxicated pre-dinner drink. It's, and not everybody gets it. You only have to show up on time. It's, it's, it's very expensive. It's very expensive fare. But when you drink it, it sets the mood for the rest of the night. So go ahead and have your drink of this new wine of the Holy Spirit. And as we sit down at the table, as we gather with the other guests, they start putting the the sparkling water at each spot, at each table setting. So you take your seat and you begin to, to bottoms up. You start to drink this bubbling, new, fresh living water and it becomes like a fountain on the inside of you. Once you were, you were just normal. You were just like everybody else just kind of flat and normal with no joy and no activity in your life. But Christ came and he filled you with joy unspeakable. He began to fill you with living water. And you begin to drink this water. And it's, it, it replaced all the other nonsense that was in your life. All the other stupidity, stupidity that you wasted your money and your time on. How much time and how much money did you waste on pots? How much time and how much money did you waste on heroin? How much time and how much money did you waste on booze or whatever else? Whatever your, your sinful pleasure of choice was. But now he's come and He set the table. And he's given us this fresh, bubbling, living water of the Holy Spirit. And it bubbles up inside of us. Hallelujah. And now the meal is starting to come. The main course, uh, main, main courses are starting to be served. The first one is Ephesians chapter one, verse four. It's this doctrine that causes some people to scratch their head with question marks. Paul called us, one of the things he called us was God's elect. I love that. I was called by God as his chosen. I am chosen. I am cho- let- just say, it, just say it, just say it, just say it, say, I am his chosen. I'm chosen by God. I'm his choice. I'm his choice possession. Ephesians 1-4 says it like this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. We're, we're feasting on this, this word of life. That brings life to our soul. Jeremiah said it like this. The Lord appeared of old unto me saying, Yea, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. This is his word to you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I've drawn you. He loved you with an everlasting love. So he spent eternity drawing you and preparing to draw you in. To walk with him all the days of your life. <laughs> now here's here's Spurgeon's twist on this. I love this. He says, What transport lies in that thought? What you know what transport means you've been taken out of your body, taken to another place. What transport lies in that thought? Long before the Lord began to create the world, he had the thought of me. How is it possible? But he had his eyes on me before there was a world. Long ere Adam fell or Christ was born and the angels sung their first choral over Bethlehem's miracle, the eye and heart of God were toward his elect people. He had his eye on me before there was a Bethlehem. He never began to love them. They were always a people near unto him. It's not written, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, is it not written, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I've drawn thee some kick at the doctrine of election. But they are ill-advised. Since they labor to overturn one of the noblest dishes of the feast, they would dam up one of the coolest streams that flow from Lebanon. They would cover over it with rubbish, one of the richest veins of golden ore to make rich the people of God. For this doctrine of love that has no commencement, it has no beginning, is the best wine of our beloved. And that goes down sweetly causing the lips of them that are asleep to speak. How joyously doth the heart exult and leap for very joy that when this truth is brought home by the witness of the Spirit of God, then the soul is satisfied with favor and full with the blessing of the Lord. The Lord has appeared of of old saying unto me, I have loved you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, With loving kindness have I drawn Thee. Thank You, Jesus. I belong to You. I've always belonged to You. I belonged to You when I was doing my own thing. It was inevitable that one day You'd win me over. You've loved me with an everlasting love. And You've drawn me into Your house. Into the house of God. Yeah, now the waiters are bringing the next course to our feast. It's called justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Him, I have redemption through His blood. I am justified. It's just as if I never, ever sinned one time in my life. How is it possible? He's counted my account as null and void. It's clean. Absolutely clean. Therefore, being justified by faith, I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. I've been washed in his blood. I've been purchased with his blood. And now I belong to him. Oh, can you imagine all of the stuff that was written, all the charges that were written against you? All the filthy things that you said, all the things that you thought, all the things that you did, all the crimes that you committed, all the offenses that you that you performed, all the blasphemies that you spoke, all the F-bombs that you blew out of your mouth. It's all been washed away in the blood of Jesus. Washed, washed. Washed, washed, justified, justified, just as if I never did one of those things. I've been considered righteous before God. Hallelujah. And now we come to the next item on the menu. It's called adoption. Haha, you have not received a spirit of slavery to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, father the meal is getting better and better and better as we go. Now I am a child of God's. I'm his son. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm seated at the king's table. And he's prepared a banquet for me. Why? Because I am a child of God. Did I deserve it? Absolutely not. But he chose me. He justified me. And he sent the spirit of adoption into my heart. And I have become his. Forever his. Not temporarily His. I am His. I belong to Him. I'm filled with His Spirit from head to toe, from wall to wall. Hallelujah. Ha 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 ha. And now this this next. Dish on the menu tonight is in Roman, found in Romans 8:34 that Jesus Himself is my intercessor. He's my intercessor. Wow! This is this is His job. This is what He's given Himself to. He could give Himself to a billion other things. After all, He's the Creator of everything. But he sent himself as a man at the right hand of God for one purpose. To represent me before the Father as my intercessor, my advocate. And that's what he does. And that's what he's doing. How could anything, how is it possible that anything or anyone could separate you or separate me from the love of God? What could stop God's plan from being accomplished in your life? Impossible, unthinkable. You're His child. You've been chosen by God. He's he's justified you by His blood. And now He's at the right hand of the Father, crying out your name 24-7 before the Father, holding on to you with His cords of love. You're His. This is God's. This is our God. This is our God. This is our gospel feast. This is why. This is why Jesus came to Bethlehem. This is why he came. Hallelujah. He's also my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. He's, he's seated at the right hand of God. And there is a river that flows out from him. There's a river of the Holy Spirit. It's bigger than you can ever imagine. It's more real than you know. The river of the Holy Ghost flows out from him, flows out from him continuously. It's flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. It never stops. It never diminishes. Oh, it never has one drop less than it had when it started. It's ever flowing, ever increasing. Ever flowing out to you and ever flowing out to me, filling me again and again and again and again with joy unspeakable and, and full of glory. Hallelujah! There is a river of the Holy Ghost tonight. If you if you go and just take a take a look, if you have a look tonight into into heaven. You'll have a look into heaven and you'll find the one who was born in Bethlehem, who was crucified in your place, who was raised from the dead and took his place at the right hand of the father, where he prays for you. And you'll find flowing out from him a a mighty river. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a it's an onslaught. It's it's over your head. It's deeper than you can imagine. You get into that flow. You'll get into the flow of God, and you'll live forevermore. It's a life-giving flow of the spirit of God. Amen. And then the Lord's, Exodus 15:26. He is the Lord who heals us of all our diseases. This, this gospel feast is healing for my soul. It's healing for my mind. It's healing for my body. Yeah, we feast ourselves on God. We we eat this, we eat His body, and we drink His blood. We feast on this Lamb of God, oh, that was slain for the sins of mankind. We eat it and we taste it, and we we're nourished. And our 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 whole being is is affected by this. Affected your your whole consciousness, the way you think, the way you act. The way you talk. The way you live. Is affected. He affects your body. He affects your mind. He affects your heart. It says in Exodus. It says in Exodus. um, um, I will put none of the diseases on you. On which came upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord your healer. Hallelujah. So as we come to the. End of the the eating parts of the meal. You go to the, the, the final stage, which is more drinking. <laughs> you start with drinks, then you have your food, and then you finish with more with more drinking. And this this after dinner at these after dinner drinks. Yeah, it's, he's the alpha and the omega, the first and the last he start he yeah then therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ we are washed in his blood we drink in fellowship with this cup of communion think about the this the last meal that jesus had this this the true gospel feast the gospel feast we call the last supper he sat down with his 12 men that he loved which he gave his life for. He says, no greater love can a man have than this. Than a man lay down his life for his friends. These were the, the twelve. The first twelve that he gave his life for. And he gave, his, he, he gave them the bread. And he gave them the drink. And he said, this is my cup. My blood in the new covenant. Drink this, all of you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So we drink the cup. We finish the meal and we drink the cup. Go ahead and have a drink. Just drink the cup right now. It's the drink of, of His cleansing blood. It's the drink of His power. Oh, it's the drink of His covenant. You're His purchased possession. It's the drink of life. That you'll never die. That you'll live forever. It's the drink of resurrection. Oh, Ramaseke Brahmasa. We drink of this cup. And we're made whole. We're made whole in our spirit, and our soul, and our body. And finally, can we come... Kind of the song that we sang earlier tonight. Will you dance with me? So you have to have the after dinner dancing, right? Draw me, Song of Solomon, one, four. Draw me after you and let us run together. The king has brought me into his bridal chamber. We'll rejoice rejoice in you and be glad. We'll extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. You know, at the end of the day, what your heart is longing for is fellowship. That's what it's longing for. Our fellowship with him and with one another. And it's from his perspective, it's one and the same. This, this love that flows from God that flows amongst us. It's the same love. It's His love. It's the fellowship that's been purchased for us. This is, this is, this is our life. This is our life. This is who we are. We drink this cup. We drink this cup and we, we drink this cup again and we, we come into His banqueting hall and we fellowship with Him and we drink His cup. And He satisfies us completely. He satisfies our, our hungry heart because our heart is longing, 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 longing to be loved. That's all you're looking for, it's to be loved. You think it's a boyfriend, a girlfriend, but without Christ, it's an empty relationship. With Christ, it's a, spe- it's a special bond. When you have a, a husband and a wife who love Christ, who love one another, and the bond of union is Christ, it's different. There's a spiritual union. Without Christ, there's no spiritual union, and it's a, it's 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 never happens. It's never complete. There's never a completion. There's never satisfaction. There's never a true purpose. There's never a true fellowship. Our fellowship, John said it. Our fellowship. Our fellowship, whether it's marriage or with our brothers and sisters, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's our fellowship. That's the cup that we drink. That's why Jesus came. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.